Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Shall make a name for the Lord, and ever. 
everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Read what rise for the hallelujah and pastor.
mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text from our, from the message for this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is our text. So if any of you have been following my wife on Facebook, you've probably seen pictures of our garden. See, every year the garden, it expands. It gets bigger and bigger, bit by bit. Now this year we uh, built a greenhouse and we added new raised beds and new beds for uh, more plants and we moved tons of dirt, uh, literally, and there's still a small pile of dirt in our driveway. And also, very importantly, we built a fence to keep out the dreaded bunnies that seek to devour the garden. And of course, uh, as we plant and uh, cultivate uh, this season, we're probably relying most upon the zucchini plant. <laughs> now, before I met uh, Katrina, uh, once in a while I would probably eat zucchini, but now with our garden, I eat it all the time. Right? I didn't know how zucchini uh, uh, came to be uh, before I met my wife. I just got it at the store or, you know, confused it with a cucumber or something. I didn't know how it was grown. I didn't know how to cultivate it. But now I know that, that rain is zucchini's best friend. Now, we were in some uh, severe drought conditions for a good part of the summer, but when the rain came, boom! Zucchini did their thing and produced their fruit. And what I didn't know before all of this is that you have to pick zucchini as soon as it rains or else the fruit is gonna get massive. It's gonna get big. In this last rain, Katrina was sure to go out and get zucchini before these things became massive and I brought it in. I brought in a ton of zucchini. Now, the thing is, is that God created zucchini through his word. God created the zucchini plant with a function. But the thing is, is that, like, as with all plants, the zucchini plant isn't a machine. The zucchini plant doesn't automatically produce fruit when you plant it into the ground. The zucchini plant requires watering and nutrients to become a zucchini plant and to bear zucchini fruit. In our reading for today, Isaiah compares the church with a garden. God's word is the waters that cause growth in his garden. Just as plants need to be nourished by water to grow, so it is with faith. The church is God's creature uh, that he has brought forth uh, through the preaching of the word. And when the word is preached, God's garden is nourished. 
when, but when the preaching of the word doesn't automatically bring the fruit we expect, well, this causes us frustration. So instead of viewing the church as a garden, I think one of the things that we do in our modern view is we view the church like a machine. That when God's word is preached, there's an input, there has to be a corresponding output. So the fruit should just automatically be popping out according to the preaching of the word. But anyone who gardens or farms understands this is not always the case as any gardener or farmer can attest. Just because you water and care for a plant, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to bear fruit. Now, I remember one year that we were uh, gardening and our potato vines looked really enormous. They looked really good, right? Looking on the outside, it looked like there was gonna be a bumper <laughs> crop of potatoes. They're shooting this way and that way and looked like we're going to get a lot of potatoes this season. But as we disassembled the modular beds and dug out the dirt, there were hardly any potatoes in the roots. Lots of vines, but little potatoes. It was really frustrating. And we too can be frustrated when we perceive a lack of response to God's word. You know, it can be very frustrating to see uh, those who were in regular church attendance fall away when people do not bear the fruit of faith as we expect them to, or as much fruit as we think this congregation should bear. You know, how can God's word be almighty when God's word can be resisted? Can, God, can God's word be thwarted? Are God's promises true? In order to understand this, we must understand the context that Isaiah is writing to. He's prophesying that the Judeans are going to be sent into exile, and God is promising to them that they're going to return from the exile back to the Holy Land. God has a proven track record of his word coming to pass. See, often, you know, this passage here is used for Lutherans for a confirmation verse, and often the preaching of this word sort of goes something like this, that we have this, then we go all the way back to Genesis, God created the world in six days through his word, accomplished his purposes, then we fast forward to, to Jesus, the God, God the word made incarnate, and then connect the two together. Um, and that is indeed a faithful, right, and shows how God's purposes come to pass and are not thwarted but it's not the full story. God makes specific promises to the patriarchs of the Old Testament, to David, to the exiles. These promises come true. God promises that Abraham will have a son with Sarah, and it comes to pass just as God said it would. God promises to Abraham that he'll redeem his descendants in Egypt, and he does. God promises Moses that Israel will conquer the promised land. He fulfills his promise. He fulfills his promise to David that he will set upon the throne of Israel a descendant, an heir that will live forever and will reign forever. We find that fulfillment ultimately in Jesus Christ, just as we find all Old Testament prophecy 
is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. God has a pretty proven track record. In the end, God's purposes will never be thwarted. No matter how dire the situation, God, God is always true to his promises. And he is true to them even when we are unfaithful. Even when we do not produce the fruit that God requires of us. Even when we resist the Holy Spirit, God is faithful to us. Already in the time of Isaiah, Judah has fallen away from the true faith. In Isaiah, at the beginning of Isaiah, God compares Judah's apostasy with the sin of Sodom. Yet the Lord promises that even as Judah is unfaithful, he will preserve a remnant. God fulfills his promise to Judah by preserving that remnant after the exile. And out of that remnant came the Savior of the universe, Jesus Christ. And God did all this according to his own timing, according to his good and gracious will. God's purposes can never be thwarted. The exiles, you know, what did they experience? They experienced frustration. They experienced anxiety, depression, despair, when they were forced out of the Holy Land. They could not foresee God returning them back to Judah. Such was the complete and utter destruction of Jerusalem, as reported in the book of Lamentations. They, you know, and after seeing that, they couldn't foresee how God was going to be true to his promises at all. They couldn't see into the future. They had to live by faith. We are no different than the exiles. You know, we experience frustration, anxiety, despair, depression, when we do not readily see the results of God's word. But just as God's promise to the exiles had not fully come to pass when he first gave it to them, so too is the same with us. God's promises have not fully come to pass. We do not live in the new creation. We don't see the hills singing and the trees clapping their hands. Right? We do not live in the new heavens and the new earth, which is in reality, the new garden. We must wait. We must have patience. Just as a gardener or farmer has patience. Overseeing their crops, we must have faith that God will always provide. The thing is that God doesn't work on our timetable. He works on his timetable. God's purposes can never be thwarted. The thing with God and his promises is that we must understand that the church is not a machine. Church is a garden. Gardens are messy. Gardens have thorns and weeds alongside the fruit. You may see that a vine is doing quite well and yet has hardly any fruits on it. In our culture, we're, we're so used to having things work for us, like clockwork, right? It's everything has to be done instantaneously, right? We are a society of instant gratification. The church does not operate that way. As Jesus says in the Gospel of John, 
The Spirit works when and where He pleases. The Spirit cannot be manipulated by our prayers or by our works. Often, when we do not see the fruit of the Spirit readily apparent, we think that we have to do more work. We have to do something in order for the Spirit to bless us and would work among us. You know, I can tell you that working in the garden, that you can do everything in nature that the garden is doing well. Well water, you have compost in, mix the soil, you can do everything perfectly, and yet you pull out a potato vine and you get a few sickly potatoes. And yet, that is still fruit, is it not? That fruit, even those few potatoes, are a result of God's grace. Regardless of that crop size, it is a gift from God. Sanctification comes to us by grace alone. So always be thankful for the fruit that God provides in our lives, no matter how big or no matter how small it is. Growth only comes by grace alone. This grace comes to us in God's word where he has washed us in the waters of holy baptism. He has cleansed us from, our, from all of our sins, has washed us thoroughly clean. In baptism, God has made you a new creation. And that creation, the new creation that God has placed in you as a result of your baptism, is in accord with God and his word and always bears the fruit that he or she is called to do. The problem, though, is, is that our old Adam or our old Eve desperately clings to us. Our old Adam needs to be drowned daily, or as Luther speaks of, strangling it daily. And the weeds of, of sin in our lives need to be pruned. We need to cast off the old self and put on the new. And this is a constant battle, and this is a constant struggle. We will, the thing is that we will not live life perfectly. We won't be perfect in this life. But when we sin, our Lord promises to us grace, and his words of forgiveness are pronounced to you today. You are forgiven. Through his word, he creates in you what he desires, faith, hope, and love. In the gift of baptism, God's purposes can never be thwarted, you have been saved from sin, death, and the devil forever. Power to forgive sins is the greatest power of the world. That God will not hold our sins against us on account of the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. This power to forgive sins is accomplished by the very word himself taking on human flesh in the person of Jesus. And we see that in the Gospels that everything Jesus says comes to pass. His word is always true. When Jesus spoke, he calmed the seas. When Jesus spoke, he casted out demons. Jesus predicted in the Gospels that he would die and rise again three times, and it goes exactly as he said it would. When Jesus spoke, things happened. And Jesus now speaks to us today through his word and sacrament. His power, this word, the power to forgive sins, the power that bestows upon us eternal life, the power to bring peace, as Isaiah tells today, peace 
that surpasses all human understanding. Peace forged the blood of the Son of God, the Word who redeemed us from our sins. God so loved the world that he did send his Son to the world to save us from sin, death, and the devil. He sent his Son to accomplish his purposes, and his purposes can never be thwarted. Gardening is messy. Ministry is messy. The church is not a machine where you just input something, you do the right things, the right configuration, and the right programs, and then you get a corresponding output. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The church is a garden. It's organic. It's messy. It indeed bears fruit in the various people who make up the church. No matter how big or how small that fruit is, we should be thankful for it, and then we should know that it, that comes to us by God's grace alone. God's word is so powerful that he made Adam from the dirt. And the thing is, is God loves dirt. He loves you, he loves me. People made from dirt. He loves his garden, the church, and a garden that bears the fruit of the Spirit. Again, this is not by our own doing or effort, but according to the word, it is purposes for us. They will never return void. God's purposes can never be thwarted. The fruits of faith are not on our timing, but on God's timing. As the Lord of the harvest comes today to bring to you his life-saving word, to sustain and to nourish you in faith, and he will come again to reap his harvest. And let us be found faithful on that day. And it will be on that day when we will indeed see the hills singing and the trees clapping and all the things that Isaiah describes what the new creation will be. We will enter into God's eternal peace and rest forever and ever. God has promised that creation will be restored. This promise does not fully come to pass like the exiles when God promised that they would return to the Holy Land. Right? They had to wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. But we know that this promise is a guarantee through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. When God says to you that you will be resurrected on the last day, that is a guarantee because he has given to you this promise by his word. God's promises can never be thwarted. Rejoice, O people of the Word, for our Lord has given to you his ironclad pledge. He will never leave you nor forsake you, and he will always be with you always to the end of the age. His will is eternal. You are his forever. Neither death, life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can thwart God's purposes for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.